this be one of the best moments of your life. You're listening to the Business Mirror Podcast for a broader look on business with Senior Editor Dennis Estopase. Good day. Welcome to the Business Mirror BM Broader Look Podcast. Today's podcast focuses on social enterprises in the time of COVID. We podcast the abridged version of the story titled Entrepreneurs Seek to Sustain Spirit of Social Enterprise Amid Crisis. The story was written by Business Mirror writer Rizal Raul Reyes and was published on December 17, 2020. For the full text version online, please go to www.businessmirror.com.ph and search for Broader Look. For the print edition, please read the Business Mirror newspaper. Let's get on with the story. On a long train ride inside a dark tunnel, it's best to have entrepreneurs as fellow passengers. They always see the light at the end. Hope is what many implementers of social enterprises grapple on as the lockdown measures against the COVID-19 pandemic brought the economy on a downhill journey. The economic and health crisis have impinged on attempts to make development more inclusive, a slogan harped on since nations upheld the Millennium Development Goals. Three years ago, Marife Balesteros and Gilberto Lianto of the Philippine Institute on Development Studies or PIDS have noted a resurgence of social enterprises, which some pundits also call as capitalism with a heart. Three years hence, Ashoka Philippines Country Director Abigail Mapua Cabanilla echoed the importance of social enterprises as the country still seeks solutions to address social inequalities that were further brought to fore by the health and economic crisis. Mapua Cabanilla told the Business Mirror, the Philippines remains to have the highest inequality rate in the ASEAN region with 22 million Filipinos living below the poverty line. She also noted that the country dropped three places on the Global Gender Gap Report for 2017 by the World Economic Forum. Philippine record high inflation rate of 6.7% was even more magnified by the COVID-19 pandemic, Mapua Cabanilla said. Balesteros and Leanto wrote in their paper in 2017 for the PIDS that unlike traditional enterprises, social enterprises engage in for-profit activities with more active and deliberate action towards raising the quality of life of the vulnerable and marginalized communities. These companies also aim to profit but their business must have a social impact. According to Mapua Cabanilla, social enterprises also have a big opportunity to address development gaps and achieve the strategic vision set out by the National Economic and Development Authority in line with the Sustainable Development Goals. In a study conducted by the British Council five years ago, the Philippines has 164,473 social enterprises, which constitutes 17% of the nearly 1 million companies registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. 
Last year, the Asian Development Bank noted that social enterprises remain limited in size and scale, thus limiting its impact and profitability due to critical gaps in the ecosystem infrastructure in the Philippines. Some of these are access to capital, innovative financial mechanisms to unlock additional capital, ecosystem knowledge of social enterprises, and data on social enterprise impact. This echoes Balesteros and Liantos' view that the policy environment in the country is yet unresponsive to the growth of social enterprises. According to Maybridge Financial Chairman Joey Bermudez, the social enterprise is not a new phenomenon in the Philippines. Bermudez said he had seen several decades ago numerous organizations striving to deliver social good in a commercially sustainable fashion. Nevertheless, Bermudez emphasized that social enterprises are not a homogeneous lot. He pointed out that there is a wide diversity among social enterprises in terms of organizational structure, business model, operating paradigm, and governance. However, one can rightly say that social enterprise is a much tougher undertaking than ordinary commercial undertakings, Bermudez told the Business Mirror. To develop and be sustainable, social enterprises need to be given enough room to grow and develop. Moreover, Bermudez said, social entrepreneurs should also enjoy equal opportunities to prove they can be capable themselves in a level playing field. Bermudez also pointed out that regulations should not serve as stumbling blocks in their development. The last thing they need is a Magna Carta for social enterprises, Bermudez told the Business Mirror. Invariably, whenever regulation is passed to deliver a benefit to any particular sector, that benefit is far outweighed by intrusive regulation, Bermudez said. Bermuda said that probably the only regulation that social enterprises need is one that protects them from abuse of market power by the dominant players in the supply chain. Courage Asia President and founder Adolf Aran Jr. told the Business Mirror that social entrepreneurs are necessary as the Philippines is constantly challenged by crisis, both man-made and natural. When the enhanced community quarantine was imposed last March, Aran told the Business Mirror, the economic impact on micro, small, and medium enterprises was hard and deep, and it pushed them into a life-or-death situation. Beyond profit, Courage Asia immediately responds to the community or communities within the food and beverages and hospitality industry, Aran said. Aran added that social entrepreneurs put together material resources and manpower and even talent to reach out to affected areas. The barrage of crisis that struck the Philippines had made social enterprises realize that it must not solely rely on government assistance, according to Aran. Aran said there were campaigns with grassroots activities ranging from sky hydrants for waterless areas soup kitchens manned by chefs and cooks, and other lightning projects spearheaded by social entrepreneurs. Aran said that more than the relief of donations, a lot of efforts are being poured into rehabilitation and rebuilding for these affected areas, 
particularly those communities affected by typhoons Rolly and Ulysses. Aran admitted that the food and beverages and hospitality industry is currently facing a lot of uncertainties. He expressed worry that these uncertainties would result to a lot of closures from the small-scale and medium-scale business sector, ranging from street stalls and kiosks, independent fast casual and even fine dining restaurants whose clientele will start downgrading or shifting their preferences to other dining options. The industry is faced with a market that's discouraged to dine in in the restaurants and are instead being asked to do mostly takeout and delivery, Aran told the Business Mirror. The timeline of when dine-in will go back to quote-unquote normal is, is still a big question mark, Aran said. To address these issues, a consortium of restaurants called upon its members to introduce schemes on how to manage the expense-cutting measures and revenue-generating activities. Aran also revealed that some single-unit establishments were helping each other on supply issues and how Big Brothers or the global multinational food chains were providing best practices on the execution of safety protocols. Aran said entrepreneurs reach out to its community in the same mode that entrepreneurs strike when there's an opportunity to create more business and when the need arises to help their fellow entrepreneurs. Beyond profit, when there's a chance to serve, its immediate community or communities within its industry, social entrepreneurs put together material resources and manpower to reach out to others, Aran told the Business Mirror. Aran noted that restaurant operators have found out that takeout and delivery will be the preferred direction of the industry. Aran said that if government policies extend beyond the bare months, Traditional players, dominated by fast food and fast casual players, will now be joined by caterers, displaced by cancelled functions and gatherings, and by new neighborhood players. Aran said that it's survival of the fittest, not just by all types of players, but by all delivery service providers. There are new challenges that were created by opportunities borne by the crisis, Aran added. Aran told the Business Mirror that the barrage of crisis that hit the country has shown that they cannot simply rely on government and individual support. Together with business partners, Courage Asia developed an automated online ordering system called RestoBots, which allowed their clients to install, set up system with zero cost on the part of the client. Times like these, Aran said, one must understand that the business environment needs to have enough opportunities to survive and eventually to thrive. Aran said social enterprises have realized the importance of going digital in the time of pandemic. He pointed out that digitalization is the safest, fastest, and most cost-efficient way of doing business under the new normal. For Mapua Cabanilla, the tack is to leverage on the strength of social enterprises to bring about systemic change in national development. She pointed to one of the programs of Ashoka that seeks to broaden the work and scale of inclusive economies in ASEAN. She added that the program supported this year about 40 Filipino women social entrepreneurs 
working on diverse challenge areas and offering a diversity of venture solutions, including the building of their skills, leadership, and network. Papua Cabanilla said the program will continue in 2021 to continue supporting social enterprises to deliver greater inclusion, equality, and sustainability in national development. The Arlington, Virginia headquartered Ashoka is the first and largest network of leading social innovators in the world. Papua Cabanilla said Ashoka is bent on championing the work of installing and activating an everyone is a change maker mindset in each person. Maybridge Financial Chairman Joey Bermudez is advocating for support to social enterprises like Escaparate. According to Bermudez, social enterprises like Escaparate fill important gaps that are left wide open by an under-resourced public sector and an quote-unquote irresponsible private sector. Bermuda said the women entrepreneurs in Escaparate are poor entrepreneurial mothers who try to fight poverty through honest and honorable capitalism. Although they are in a position to invoke social inequity as an excuse to slide into mendicancy or even engage in criminal activities, Bermudez commends the mothers they call nanai as they opted to roll with the punches and fight. For their courage and entrepreneurial tenacity, they deserve the support of everyone, Bermudez told the Business Mirror. Through Escaparate, the nanais will have an online platform where they can showcase their products, tell their stories, and provide their contact details, Bermudez said. Moreover, the platform will transform into a full-fledged e-commerce storefront supported by digital marketing. Bermuda said that by rejecting mendicancy as an option, the entrepreneurial poor are proving themselves worthy of the same adulation that healthcare workers have received. Bermudez added that these entrepreneurial poor present the new face of capitalism, a refreshing brand of honest and socially responsible entrepreneurship. Bermudez added that some businessmen can teach them a thing or two about savvy and future think, but these nanais can teach us a thing or two about survival and courage. They do not have a solid balance sheet, but that's only because accountants have not found a way to value entrepreneurial tenacity, Bermudez said. To empower these mothers, Bermudez said Escaparate provides them an opportunity to be discovered by a wider market. It digitally promotes the businesses of the nanais. Moreover, the mothers are trained to be responsible digital citizens. It provides the nanai a platform for online settlement and order taking, Bermudez told the Business Mirror. It gives the underestimated nanai a rightful presence in the global supply chain, Bermudez added. There are now 33 entrepreneurial mothers in the site but Escaparate hopes to recruit thousands within the next 12 months, Bermudez said. Bermudez added these women will level up in time, but first they should be given a fighting chance. Bermudez is urging experienced businessmen to mentor the women and help them connect to the right people and transform them to become digital entrepreneurs. He said Maybridge Financial is also inviting businessmen to fund towards recruiting more mothers to the platform. 
thousands of nanais are asking to be included in the platform, Bermudez said. He added they can onboard all who can hurdle the criteria, but the pace at which they can do so will depend a lot on the support of the sponsor community. According to Bermudez, being misunderstood is the biggest challenge facing social enterprises. Bermudez said that as a sector, they are sui generis. Since the majority has a vague understanding of the dynamics of social enterprises, they find it extremely challenging to get the support they need, Bermudez told the business mirror. When social enterprises seek external capital, they are subjected to the rigorous yardsticks applied to regular commercial enterprises. Social good is Greek to accountants and rating agencies, Bermudez emphasized. According to Bermudez, social enterprises face Herculean challenges to compete in the open market with commercial enterprises that are driven by pure financial returns. In this scenario, Bermudez said it's like running a race and being required to take a longer route than the other participants. We hope you again enjoyed listening to this episode of the Business Mirror's BM Brother Loop podcast. Please accept our gratitude for traveling with us on the rocky road that is the year 2020. It is our fervent wish you'll continue to join us in this journey. From all of us in the Business Mirror, we share in your hopes and aspirations in the new year. Thank you for listening to the Business Mirror podcast for a broader look on business. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Business Mirror. Until next time.